Greetings from Cyberdelic Space. This is Lorenzo, and I'm your host here in the Psychedelic Salon. And today, uh, well, I'm sorry to say, but we're here to pay tribute today to a man who is directly responsible for you and me being together here in the salon today. His name was Larry Harvey, and he is most famous for being the person who started the Burning Man event. And had it not been for Burning Man, I never would have begun this podcast series. In fact, if it wasn't for my 2002 Burning Man experience, I'd still probably be calling myself Larry. And uh, I've told all of those stories in some of the past podcasts uh, from here in the salon, so you don't need to hear them again. But it's now been over a week since Larry Harvey died. And, well, there have been many, many tributes to him already, with, uh, I'm sure, a lot more to come. But since Larry Harvey, without ever knowing it, became an important figure in my life through all of that my Burning Man experiences have given me, well, I'd be remiss in not adding to these tributes. However, rather than go on myself about the importance of his work in exposing the destructiveness of the consumer cultures that we are now finding ourselves stuck in, well, I thought that instead I'd let Larry speak for himself. And so I put together a few short audio clips of talks and interviews that he gave so as to better let this wonderful man speak for himself. So now, here is Larry Harvey. So it's a great honor to be here and to be able to uh, talk to the original guy who had a fire on a beach with a bunch of friends 25 years ago. And, you know, a lot of us have probably had... uh, a bonfire on the beach and a party and we said hey let's do this again next year but there's only one that evolved into a city of 60,000 of the most creative creative imaginative wonderful interesting crazy people on the planet and that's this one and so my first question to Larry is how did that happen (laughs) what happened why did that happen well, I believe it was a radical self-expression. I just called a friend one day and said, let's burn a man on the beach. And he said, would you repeat that? And, uh, and I did. And, and when we did, and took our two little sons, and, uh, and we installed it at the Tideline at Baker Beach in San Francisco at twilight one day. And, and doused it with gasoline because we didn't know any better. And... and uh, and it, it was just like a second sun brought down to earth. But, but that really wasn't when Burning Man began. Uh, it, uh, I think it began when and everybody on the beach came rushing toward us and surrounded the figure and formed a semicircle, just as you folks here have formed today. And, and I could see the, the fire reflected in their eyes. And uh, a woman came running over the fire was being shunted to one side by the wind and she took its hand, held it for a moment and uh, it was that uh, effusion of enthusiasm that inspired us. It was the people and their response to us to this gift that we had improvised without really thinking and uh, it was at that moment we decided we'd do it again. Did you actually envision what's happened now? I mean, what, what, what point did you see that this is more than 
a party, at what point did it become something really, really deep? Because I think everybody here, that's the way they feel it, that's the way they see it. It's changed probably everybody's life who's been here can see a shift in their life from uh, before Burning Man and after Burning Man from their own virgin burner experience. When did it become that something much deeper? Well, that, that vision began to clarify when we came out uh, into this space. And uh, I remember standing uh, alone by the man. There were only about 40 people initially. And, and I looked around and... Uh, and the man was this big singularity that seemed to define, you know, the whole universe and uh, the largest thing in sight. And, and uh, they were dust devils, like whirlwinds of dust rising at the four corners near the horizon. And it seemed like I was standing at the center of the world. And, and, uh, and I thought, I remember the thought. I thought to myself, well, the, the, those columns of dust are, are being raised by armies that are converging on this site. And I was the only one who thought that at that time. But, uh, but it, it was a vision, and uh, this place summons up visions, and, uh, and I, I found it compelling, and, 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 uh, uh, and indeed, armies have converged on this site. So that's the answer to that. Some people think of this as like a, a Neverland, and actually you've been compared to Peter Pan. And, um, <laughs> and you've certainly been a Peter Pan character, a hero of mine, for uh, ever since I first came here. But my question to you is, is this a Neverland, and then you go back to the default world and you grow up? Or do you have a completely different vision of what it means to grow up? What does it mean to grow up? We came out here for otherworldly reasons, and in order to uh, persist and build the city, we uh, discovered that we were responsible for thousands of people, and that certainly, at, at that point, you quit being Peter Pan. <laughs> and uh, this, if this were merely an escape from reality, uh, it, it would be, that would be a very depressing fact. And people come back, and they go back to the default world. Uh, which is a funny word because it's as if the source code determines that the world is what it is and it automatically resets itself. But out here, everyone discovers that they can, that they can express what is utterly necessary, feels essential within them, but they can project it out in the world, they can summon up a vision themselves, they can find creators then to make that vision into substance. And, and they can make their own world, in effect. We made our own world, and all of you are engaged here today making your own world, but you're making it together with others. Now you can go back to the, the so-called default world and, and be greeted by uh, an entire community of people around you who have shared that experience. So what's stopping you from, what, what, what's stopping you from refashioning that world? We've seen so many examples of that here where people have brought the innovation and new ideas that they've kind of birthed at Burning Man back to the world. And it's just been extraordinary um, to see that. And so we really want to kind of thank you for giving us a place where we can birth ideas, where however crazy and wild, wild they are. You, you named the, or your team named the uh, theme this year, Rites of Passage. And I wondered, is there for you personally, not the, not the event, not the city, but for you personally, is there a rite of passage going on right now for you? And if there is, what, what is it? Can you tell us about it? 
for me personally, um, well, the, the, those, the, the teams are meant to be multivalenced. That is, you know, as, as, as electrons whirl around the center and uh, layer after layer of meaning. And uh, this is a meaning-saturated environment. That's why synchronicity occurs. And um, the, the, the uh, what's my rite of passage? Oh, let's not talk about me. Uh, let's, uh, 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 let's talk about the world. I, I, I brought along, just so I, I remember it, I, I, I'd like to cite a quotation uh, by Milton Friedman. Who remembers Milton Friedman? And he's a man of fashion to strategy that, 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 that changed American politics uh, uh, greatly over the world, and, and uh, some decades ago they said it was in the, kind of the, part of the Chicago School of Economics and, um, and uh, laid down a strategy that uh, was pursued uh, uh, following that strategy. That's how the word liberal got to be uh, 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 a, a bad name. That's how it came to seem that Franklin Delano Roosevelt never existed. That's how it, it came to seem that we were headed back to the Gilded Age in our politics. Uh, and he said, only a crisis, real or imagined, produces real change. When that crisis occurs, the actions that are taken depend on the ideas that are lying around. That, I believe, is our basic mission, to develop alternatives, to keep them alive, available, until the politically impossible becomes the politically inevitable. And I think that's our mission. You go back to that default world people talk about, and, and uh, it, 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 it seems implacable, it seems inevitable, it seems like it won't change. Uh, but we, we know, and if you study history, you know that, that the real, real change is happening in the Middle East right now. And uh, that's because an entire generation there grew up and uh, got educated, couldn't find a job. Uh, and and um, and started to connect with one another, and and it happened overnight. So it looked like the government in Egypt was sitting on all the guns and all the power, and the establishment was was well. I mean, how, how could a single unaided individual do anything about it? Um, uh, our mission here, uh, as it's emerging, and everyone can feel it here today, uh, is to develop alternatives, uh, and a new way of looking at the world. You gain the courage to uh, imagine you could change the world. Now you've gained, uh, you've gained the human resources by which you might change that world. Now let's work on the ideas that will be lying around when the crisis comes. And the crisis is coming. We're in it. Very interesting times. Uh, we're living in a world in which people, well, we've run out of ideas. Uh, I noticed our government is telling us uh, that uh, we should save our money, but spend a lot on consumer items to boost the economy. Uh, we're suffering from political paralysis. The political will to change simply doesn't seem to exist. As far as the eye can see, there doesn't seem to be any change in hand or any possibility of it. Uh, 
but I, I think that it is possible now to begin creating ideas that will lie on the ground so when, you know, people are in pain right now, or we're, we're, people are losing jobs, it's going to continue. The pain is going to get worse. I hate to say that, but it will get worse. But think about your own lives. Uh, generally, people don't think unless they're in pain. Uh, it, 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 in fact, they end up in a corner, you end up in all of your lives, they're talking about rites of passage, you live up in a corner and, and, and the pain becomes unendurable and it feels like the world is bearing down on you like some implacably solid object that's going to crush you. And, and, and unaided, that, that, that leads to trauma. Uh, but, uh, but, it doesn't, uh, but it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, we've, I, I think what we have to begin to imagine is a world in which uh, we are not defined by com as commodities, uh, is a world in which uh, the human resources around us are, are available, uh, in which in which projects are can engage us, and uh, just as this project has engaged us for all these years, uh, you know, if you if you if you added up all the resources that that, that, that create Black Rock City, it far exceeds the resources that our organization has brought to bear by a factor of by a huge factor. Uh, uh, I think that right, right now, it's not, I'm really glad that intellectual discourse is taking place uh, because, because when the pain gets worse, people are going to reach for ideas. And if the pain gets so bad and they can't connect with one another, then, then, then trauma will occur and political and, 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 and terrible things could happen. Uh, but on the other hand, as in your own lives, when the pain gets desperate, it gets bad and you feel desperate, what has changed you? Well, you do the last, the most desperate act. You open your heart. And once you begin to open your heart, then like the man is poised between two pinnacles, then it's possible to step out into nothing and the earth will rise up to meet your step. And, and, and so... You know, what we're doing out here, they're, they're, we face economic challenges, political challenges, but I don't think that any instrumentality of that kind is going to do us any good unless, uh, unless there's cultural change, and that starts... Uh, uh, so we need to create a new kind of culture, a new way of being, a new way of being together, and when that happens, then, then, then when we... Then, then, then it will be possible to do to revolutionize the way we live. If we if we don't do that and if we can't do that, then nothing. Then uh, then we're going to be in trouble. Uh, so anyway, uh, rites of passage. Uh, let's uh, let's see if we can pass. Uh, over into a, a, a new way of being together and what is unthinkable now will be inevitable.
I don't know, Larry, if you want to say anything about how Burning Man started, but I'd oh, be I, curious. I, 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 I mean, what do you think made that thing grow? Uh, well, it, it, let, let me say this in response to something that was just said. I, I agree, you, you, you can't base the core of a culture on sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Only an adolescent would think that. Uh, they, they, the, the 60s was about the baby boom. This huge age cohort that, that, that was, was spawned, came of age at that time. And, 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 and one reason it was so exciting was because we emerged out of immense security. The 50s were boring, but the 50s were secure. Families were whole. And, and as the 60s began and, and Johnson's Free Society came in, everything was free, education, food, you name it. The entire hippie cuisine was based on free food, lentils, bogar, and, and those conditions have changed. People, young people right now have been brought up in an era in which nothing is secure. Families are, 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 have unraveled. Uh, jobs, forget it, there's no social safety net. Uh, 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 capitalism uh, has has a, a achieved its, its its late monstrous postmodern bloom, and, and and since 1950, I was born in 48. Since 1950, this uh, the, the baby boomers were the first TV generation. Well, the generation now they've been they've been diddled by by the media beyond anything anybody could have imagined them. Every gun, every value in our in our world has been commodified. Everything. And, and, and if you don't, and in a world where every value, every transaction, every relationship is a commodity transaction, then there, 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 will, be no, there will be no culture. There will be no spirituality. There won't really be much of anything. Uh, and, and yet, I'm working constantly with people who are uh, in their 20s and 30s. Uh, our mean age out there is, uh, well, it's 30s into 40s, and then some 20s, and then 60s, and then six-year-olds. Uh, uh, and, and, and part of the reason that we've grown as much as we have is that we, is that we, we did something that my generation didn't do. The fact of the matter is, in the 60s, at least the hippie part, uh, the hippies were just avid consumers, really. They were, they were happy consumers. The only people who came up with a critique of it later on were the punks. As unattractive as they were, they figured out what the essential problem was. They figured out they, they would not sell out. They would not be commodified. They, 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 they didn't go to big venues. They did their, they did their art in garages. They, and they made it so repulsive that it couldn't be commodified. <laughs> I mean, that really was part of their idea. We will make this so obnoxious that no one is going to hawk this and sell it denature it and, and rip it out by its roots and, and, and rob it of any reality it ever had in an in, 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 in actual community. The fact of the matter is life was so damn easy. It, 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 and, 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 and it flattered our, our vanity enormously. I'm not saying good things didn't come out of it. Uh, uh, I, I think that there was a vision of community, but you're not going to create community unless you struggle together with other people. You will not create community unless you face survival with other people. Community isn't about sentiment. It's not about kumbaya. It's not about loving other people per se. It's about struggling with them. Because only when you struggle together 
for survival with other people, do you begin to see their soul? That's how it's done. And in a consumer society where you live with your credit card and you're completely independent of, dependence, uh, independent of everybody else, then you will not have community. You just have a lot of pieties about it. Uh, uh, the one, re the, one of the reasons we grew is that we took people out in the desert and, and, and we made them face survival together. And, and that took a whole lot of nonsense out of it. And, and, and it wasn't enough. We, we, and there wasn't free kitchens. We said, bring food, survive. And, and then it turned out that people became communal, began to share resources, began to work with one another in this very immediate way. Not out of an ideal, but because they had to. And, and I, look at the, I look at kids today, and it's interesting. There's a communal basis for the way they relate to one another. It's just different from the way it was then. They, 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 what they're doing is forming little... They, they've grown up in this world where there isn't any security, and so they hang on to one another. And they form these little age cohorts, these little cohorts. And, 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 and indeed, it's really very interesting. We started a thing called a theme camp. It turned out it, 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 we got our whole city is organized around theme camps, 20, 30, 100, 200 people working together to produce some kind of gift made through art that they offer to a civic society. It's what they're, it's what they're doing out there anyway. It, it's, it, the thing about the 60s is we were so vain about, we were egotistical. We were so vain about, about, about ourselves. We could afford to be. We, 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 we could afford to be. It was too easy. Listen, the, it, the 60s were, it, it was America's great recess. It was recess. And, 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 and it was fun. And there were ideals. And there were great thinkers, too. I have my intellectual heroes come out of that era. They were great. They, 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 it, it, it was a glimpse and it was a vision. And it's a vision that can be, that can be started anew. But it, it's got to be started in a new way, and 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 and, uh, and I think we tell ourselves too many lies about about the past. Uh, I, I think we should take the best of it and move on. That's all I don't know. Well, annually we build a temporary city. Uh, on a prehistoric lake bed in the wilderness of Nevada in the U.S. And um, uh, it, it it's now has a population, an annual population of, of um, approximately 70,000 people. And, uh, and it is a city. It's not just a festival ground. In fact, people live in it. It's many things at once. It's a, uh, the world's largest interactive art exhibition. Um, it's a wilderness camping trip at the same time and, and a place subject to the vicissitudes of nature that are uh, uh, f frequently awe-inspiring and, um, and sometimes appalling. And um, so it's a, it, it is survival camping even as it is also a, a, a cosmopolitan city. You have to remember this is created largely by participants. You know, uh, it's it's not big name stars, you know, playing to massive crowds. Uh, if you want a stage at Burning Man, build it yourself. If you look at it as an entrepreneurship, which we didn't really, we looked at it as a project. And our nonprofit is called the Burning Man Project, something we do together. 
But um, from, from that standpoint, ours is one of the biggest success stories in the postmodern era. You know, to have started from something so simple and now to be global in scale and growing fast. Uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. I, we never saw it as a retreat from a society. We never saw it as a refuge from society. Well, maybe some people have, but I haven't, and the people who've led it haven't thought that way. We've thought that those values combined represent a potential for a a, a good way of life. We're not hiding from the world. We're trying to change it. People go to Burning Man, and they're so moved that they want to go home and be as they were at Burning Man, find a way to be that way outside the event. Now, if it were a consumer event, they wouldn't have that feeling. This isn't so much about transactions, it's about um, transformation. And so they, they asked for some guide, some credo, some, something, because without the customs that had grown up in the, in, the, in the surrounding environment of Black Rock City, they were at a loss. They didn't know what to do. And, and given the principles, they said, okay, now we can talk to one another. And it, it, now we can share ideas, and it's made coherent just by these, these, these simple ideas. And, and uh, uh, so we formed, a, 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 we're now a nonprofit. We started out, we were a limited liability company for years, and myself and my partners owned it. We, we surrendered our ownership and, 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 and transferred it to a nonprofit. Its mission is to f- seek out anything that acts and behaves like our culture, whether it's in our lineage or, or not. It doesn't matter. And to find those embers wherever they are and, and, and blow a little oxygen into them and, 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 and fan that flame. We have now seen an incredibly diverse array of activities that, that have united people uh, in various places that, that, in fact, if looked at through the lens of the Ten Principles, define that way of life in, in, in unexpected ways. Uh, you know, philosophy should address uh, what makes life worth living. It's very simple if you, in, 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 in that way, and, 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 and that's what we're trying to redefine, because speaking to the growth question, uh, in this consumer society we've created, does anybody think that the present levels of consumption can continue very long? But then I asked, I was at a, a, a gathering sponsored by The Economist, and asked the audience, let's do a thought experiment. Uh, uh, let's imagine that everyone in China has two, gar- uh, two, two cars, a garage, a guest house, and a pool. You know, and the audience was appalled at the thought. <laughs> I, I said this at the earlier at the festival. One woman went, "Oh God," and and well, that doesn't seem plausible. You know, that's that's it leads to a cognitive dissonance. Oh, well, we just grow and grow and grow, but what's the character of that growth? Uh, the world's population is increasing, so wealth of some kind has to be generated. But I think the, the, the social capital, the sum some total of human connectedness in a society, has to grow apace with that. And, and, and so now I'm talking about, you know, the, our ethos and, and our little experiment to see, you, you know, what's of value in life and, 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 how, and how culture might be generated. Uh, and and if, if, if we don't 
I think we're due to redefine what's valuable because I think consumerism as a philosophy is bankrupt and, and scary and, and, people, and it's prevented people from even thinking because if you can't think beyond that... Uh, well, you know, the Roadrunner cartoons? You're like the Roadrunner. You know, like the, 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 the wily Coyote who tries to catch the Roadrunner and at a certain point runs off the cliff and his legs are still churning. And, and that's where we are right now. That's where thinkers are right now. It, 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 and you remember in the cartoon, suddenly he looks down and he sees there's nothing, no earth beneath his feet. And, and that's when he drops. And, and so we're about, I don't know, 10 feet out there past the edge. Of, we're getting to the edge and a little beyond the edge. And we're, we're running and we call it progress. But, but if you look at some of the overarching meta facts, it doesn't make sense that we can continue to, to, to go on. So maybe we need to find new satisfactions and find value in things that don't necessarily re- require that we produce uh, 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 all this stuff that we can't afford to increasingly to quite create anymore, unless everyone wants to believe that everyone in the first world and the third world alike is going to have a nice suburban house, a station wagon, a nice station wagon, two kids, the wife or the husband, and, and, and it's all going to be fine, have manicured lawns perhaps. I don't think so. Larry Harvey is here. He is the co-founder of the Burning Man Festival in Nevada. It started way back in 1986. Burning Man has grown into the largest outdoor art event in North America. Last year, it hosted nearly 68,000 participants, along with hundreds of original works, performances, and theme camps. Here is a glimpse from the documentary Spark, a Burning Man story, which came out last year. We arrived out at this vast plain. I took a stick and I drew a line on the ground. And I said, on the other side of this line, everything will be different. And everything has been different. The place is an idea. That's so powerful and so alluring that people will go to the worst place in the world just to get a little taste of it. It's very disconcerting in a one-week period of time to realize that everything that you've done in your entire life could potentially be wrong. I walked away from Burning Man going, I need to learn how to weld because I've got ideas. I still have a long ways to go. (laughs) Burning Man is a great venue to build giant stuff and blow it up. You people here today are the people from this moment on that creates the framework and the cauldron that will cook their soul. In order for us to survive on this planet, we have to engage thousands, millions of people. We have to do it. We're giving our lives to it. It's that important.
meet Larry Harvey. I am pleased to have him here at this table for the first time. Welcome. It's my pleasure. Mine. Uh, so what's the idea that will bring so many people to not the most attractive place or the easiest place? No, it's not easy at all. Though, though an international city in its own right, it's uh, it's a wilderness a survival yeah. experience. Yeah. Uh, well, what brings them? I, I think it must be because they find something there that they, isn't readily available elsewhere. A certain sort of um, authenticity. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it, it's a, it's a little like what Daniel Pink talks about. He talks yeah. about. Uh, motivating people in the workplace, but you can apply it to what we do. Uh, uh, it, 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 he says you, you need, people need to experience autonomy, mastery, and a sense of purpose for their life to be meaningful. Autonomy, mastery, and a sense of purpose. That's right. And yeah. that, that's, that, that, in a sense, is, is, that's very much what we do. Uh, we tend to formulate it, I formulate it a little metaphysically, I am, we are, it is. But it's the same arc of meaning. Uh, the, the sense that you're real in yourself, and, and that what you have uh, should and must be shared with others, and and that uh, that you uh, that your your abilities, your gifts uh, uh, can merge with the world, and, and the world will answer to that. And and lastly, uh, that old-fashioned idea idea transcendence, and and that you're connected to something much larger than you yes. are, and 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 that you can do all three at the same time, and that together we think, makes a whole life, and we call it an ethos, and we've described it in ten principles that we follow. Tell me how it began. It began, <laughs> it began as in the impulse of an afternoon. I called a friend and said, let's burn a man. And he said, what, would you repeat that statement? <laughs> and so we went down uh, to the beach. We took our, You our, were doing what at the time? I, I was, what was I doing at the time? Uh, I, oh, I'd gone through a series of, of just placeholding jobs that, yeah. that, that afforded me as much free time as, yeah, as, exactly. as I could. I was it, it had become part of a, a bohemian milieu, right. and in which uh, whimsy amounts to an iron will, and <laughs> and uh, so it seemed like a plausible thing yeah. to do. And so we took it down at the beach and we set it on fire and. And, and instantly our numbers tripled because uh, a, a burning human form, uh, if you put one up at the Republican National Convention, the people would say down in front. It would, it would so <laughs> compel. And, yes. and it was very accessible. Yeah. There wasn't a need to explain it, and we haven't explained it to this day. When they ask us what it means, we say you have to achieve that through your engagement, yeah. to, to, to your actions, what, what you are. We, we won't And who can tell you. Who originally? Yeah, curiosity seekers. Originally, it was a small group of of, of uh, 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 it was in the underground culture of San Francisco. San Francisco, it has distinction as an international city. It's, it's that for that fact, no. yeah. and and uh, so it, they came and and it, it was a, a group called uh, the Cacophony Society who came out there in the first year. We were on a beach. We moved into the desert, and. Uh, uh, and they were devoted to a guerrilla theater, uh, uh, appropriating yeah. public places for performances, that kind of thing. And, and in that desert, the, 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 where there's so much nothing, the yeah. least gesture had a, had a world-engendering power. It was, it was it, it, any photographer's dream, any artist's dream, to have a canvas like that. Yeah. And, and then it just spread through word of mouth for a few years. Then our numbers doubled and redoubled. And now, of course, we're, we're at... Uh, 70,000? Yeah. Near, near From seventy thousand people. Uh, 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 Sixty-eight was the last figure. 
and, and but we're working with the BLM. We we don't uh, we have a good relationship with them, the Bureau of Land Management. Yeah, I see. Yeah, and uh, we think that we can uh, uh, increase the population yeah. in a way that that, that will, will serve everyone. And then explain to us because I mean most people, some people have heard of this, but most people don't understand it. I mean, the the what are the kind of what are the rules? What are what is the what is the organizing principle? For example, you know you don't buy things there. Uh, no, we've we've uh, we've decommodified. Yeah, exactly. there, there is it's it's odd. There's no um, no advertising. We we don't do vending. Yeah. Uh, the, any of those things that are normal. Uh, uh, you can't really use your cell phone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it, it's 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 a retreat from from the normal world. That's right. for sure. And uh, and while you're there. Uh, well, we have ten principles. Uh, they emerge from yeah. our own experience, and and they describe They're our culture. They're interesting principles, yeah. Uh, radical self-expression, right? Uh, which means you just have to decide what makes you real and put it out there. And and uh, 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 radical self-reliance, but at the same time, uh, communal effort. Yeah, and 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 that founded on the idea that you define yourself in this world through your uh, uh, relationships with others, and yeah. and, and and through, uh, I spoke of uh, that experience of of, of mastery, that the sense of flow in, in which you work with others, and they in turn work with you, and finally that creates a kind of community reality that makes you feel that you belong. Mm-hmm. I mean, people came who wanted to create art. Uh, oh yes, and art, and we're the largest interactive art exhibition in the world and and uh uh but we say we have a saying that people come for the art very often but they stay for the community and Mm -hmm. and and if you look at the art it 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 it, if if you look beyond there's a lot of spectacle and a lot of very very ambitious things that require armies of artists to do and they're very organized self-organized and uh but if you look beyond that you, you you see that uh, uh, that, that, it, that it says a lot about uh, about social organization. In order to do that, they they have to fundraise. We give out grants, but they fundraise, and that creates huge communities of people contributing to the to a work of art that's going to appear at the event. And uh, it, it, uh, it, it, it it it's a funny thing. All these years, yeah. We never said this. This is just culture and operation. It was never spoken. No artist or artist group has ever signed their work. Isn't that extraordinary? It's amazing. It, it, we, we never told them that. We did say... They didn't feel necessary to sign. Well, we did say, and this is maybe the most essential idea, we did say this is devoted. It came out of a bohemian world where people actually are very generous about giving things. Mm-hmm. You go to an artist studio, and your eye keeps dropping on that one yeah. thing. Finally, the, the artist will say, "You want it? Yeah, <laughs> I'm done with. It. I made it already. I'm I'm doing something new." Yeah. And I'm, and the joy of creation was mine. Now you can take it. That's right. That's exactly. We took that attitude and we plucked that out of Bohemia, and then we 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 organized an entire city around it. Mm. And and uh, so we're it's devoted to acts of of uh, giving, which 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 do not mm. contemplate a return. We just took taking transactional economics out of it. Yeah. Well, some people say some. Now here's what's interesting. Some say uh, it's therefore a kind of anti-capitalist coming together, and yet at the same time, yeah. the people who come are some of the most successful capitalists in America, who come for the experience. Okay, 
Larry Page, Sergey Brin, take uh, the high-tech community, take all kinds of people in the venture capital business who come there for something else. Community. Autonomy. That's right. Well, we... We never said we were anti-capitalist. I know you didn't say it, but I mean, people uh, said because, we did say because that we didn't that we we did say that we think we need to critique and get away from consumerism. Yeah, right. Which is another proposition altogether, and and uh, uh, everything is about buying something. Everything is about buying something. In fact, your entire identity is invested in what you consume. Right. And 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 we said that that that's. Uh, that's not an authentic life. And it looks like we were right because people are coming from all over the globe to see what that feels like. Yeah. And, and so there, there's, there's an empirical way of, of looking at it. Uh, uh, oh, we have a lot of people from Silicon Valley who have been coming out from early on. But then in, some, in a way we're a little like them. I don't want to overdo the analogy, but nonetheless, they, they work on a frontier. Uh, at Google, I know they put aside time. That let people 20%. pursue their own. Twenty percent right. of your day. That's right. You can go up in the interest of entirely of your own autonomy and mastery. Mm-hmm. They do that. Yeah, right. And, and uh, uh, so they, they naturally looked at us as cousins, you know, in a sense. And, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, we were on the cover of magazine years, Wired magazine oh, years sure. ago, right. the and, Bible and, for some of them. And then people from that, that industry began piling into the event. Yeah. And then they said, oh, they're going to ruin it. But they said every migration is going to ruin it. And it just enriches the environment, you know. Do you get some feedback that people say, change my life? That somehow they were infused with values, ideas, relationships that made them rethink what they were doing with their life? Incessantly. You know? Incessantly. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like a conversion experience, yeah. you know, in religious terms, though when they say we're a cult, and said that, too, too yeah. that, that, that we reply that it's a self-service cult. You wash your own brain. And, and <laughs> you do what? You wash your own brain. Y- yes. Yeah. <laughs> self-reliance, <laughs> radical self-reliance. Yeah, right. What's the cargo cult? Uh, I, I do the themes and, and uh, and it, it just it, it took the uh, the phenomenon of the cargo cults in Melanesia, in which uh, the 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 uh, indigenous people uh, were, were so disoriented and impressed by the. It's uh, a great story. The, oh, but but uh, the, the British and the Americans occupied the islands, yeah. built airstrips in World War Two. Yes, right. And 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 the only the only explanation they could come up with with for it was a supernatural one and, yeah. and, and so they, they looked at them as, as, as avatars, perhaps ancestors yes. come from the skies and, and, uh, and so when they left they began... And then one they, day they were gone. One day they were gone and, and, and so the, 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 the people who lived there began building airstrips and, 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 <laughs> and planes out of bamboo yeah. thinking through sympathetic magic to attra- yeah. attract the return. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, I just said that that's isn't that the way we live today? We don't know where anything's made. We don't know where it's com- where it comes from. Yeah. We, we it seems that they say it's all stored in the cloud, yeah. <laughs> and 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 we live <laughs> on our cell phones, carrying them around like totemic yeah. objects. And, yes. and 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 really, we know the way we live isn't sustainable. And and we're just hoping that you know more cargo will save us. Hmm. And I would suggest, and I we really wanted to suggest that. Um, Acquiring more things uh, probably isn't the path, hmm. and, but we didn't. 
There's usually a more. Do I don't you like to want to be a proselytizer? Well, we we want to. You want to say I, the world. You want to what? Change the world. Affect it. Yes, we do. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've just uh, transferred the event. It's been privately held all these years right. by myself and my five partners. And uh, we just surrendered ownership, and we've given it to a nonprofit that, right. that has been created, the Burning Man Project. And its aim is is to uh, uh, disseminate our our, our 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 culture at a global scale. Uh, so there'll be Burning Mans everywhere. Well, that would just be the beginning. We, we look at our event as an immersive experience that, that that brings change into people's lives individually, helps them to to form relationships socially. Once they leave, uh, there are communities, uh, Burning Man communities on five continents now, and 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 we didn't tell them to do this; they did it, and then we just organized to you know help help it to keep happening, and and. Uh, we imagine that, that uh, just as a beginning, emulating our city, creating immersive experiences mm-hmm. uh, of another way you can be an ethos uh, globally would, 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 would have tremendous leverage on events. And then when you get down to the granular level, uh, we're a little like Silicon Valley in this, too. We, 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 we imagine that, that, that we create a platform, but it's the people who create the apps. We create the context. It's the people that create the content. Where'd you get all these ideas? Oh, for me personally, it was being raised by Dust Bowl immigrants. Who, who, who uh, my father was born in 1899. They came. They came west in a in a, in a Model A Ford. Uh, yes. as, uh, worked as migrant workers. Uh, uh, I knew a lot about self-reliance, but but then coming to San Francisco when I was young. And, and then later to, to live there, I've been there many years, uh, 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 I, I walked into this bohemian scene I'd always dreamed of, and, and that had a big effect. The principles themselves weren't written in 2004. Yeah. And we, didn't, we never had an ideology. It, we don't have one yet. We didn't start out with one. It's not outside of your experience. It all emerged from what we did and, 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 and the heart and finally the minds we brought to, what, to, to regard... Uh, uh, the, the result of our actions and, and, and the community isn't very tolerant of central authority but they just inhaled these things so that, that there must be a real resonance there of course it is Hebron, take a look at this uh, this is an image of the man on fire from the 2013 festival well that, that, it's standing on a flying saucer the man is yeah. uh, that was cargo cult right the, uh, the aliens had come in a flying saucer right. and they were going to give yeah. us consumer right. items and save us the next one is the Temple of Juno the art temple featured at the Burning Man Festival in 2012 created by David Best look at that a, a good friend of mine, yeah. and and he builds. He's built many of these, and then other people have have, have, have jumped in, and, and and they now it's an inevitability. Everyone. Expects and how long it. does it take them to do this? Oh, about three weeks. Yeah. Uh, the next is a Trojan horse, one of the largest independent projects. The Burn Wall Street, the multi-building art installation by Otto Van Danger, which was engulfed in flames at the conclusion of Burning Man in 2012. The next is the Angler Fish. Art car, which was created by Mark Whitman. Art is our public transportation <laughs> yes, system. Exactly. Uh, the next is the Chatterbox art car, which uh, was created by Fernando Barroso. 
Uh, the Church Trap, another large-scale interactive art installation piece from 2013 by Rebecca I Waits. Love, I love this piece. You like this? The, you, the, the church is supported by a, a giant stick. Yeah, I can see it. And, and when the pews are inside, so it's precariously perched like a mouse trap, like a very yeah. primitive mouse yeah. trap. So you can, you, know, you can interpret it from there. Larry Pace, of Google, he proposed a tech-burning man. I remember, yeah. Yes, I bet you do. Uh, this was in May 2013, keynote speech. Here's what he said. We don't want our world to change too fast, but maybe we could set apart a piece of the world. I like going to Burning Man, for example, an environment where people can change new things. I think as technologists, we should have some safe places where we can try out new things and figure out the effect on society with the effect on people without having to deploy it to the whole world. You know, it's like my, it, what it is is a laboratory. It is a laboratory, and, and the interesting thing is there, there's there's technology and there's art, and then there's this fascinating uh, uh, interzone where 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 art and and technology are are are, are confabulating yeah. with one another. So then people take drones and they say, well, how can we turn drones into art? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of that. It's yeah. it's 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 very cross disciplinary, and and I think the thing about our art, especially. Is that it is interactive. That is means that n not until people act in relation to it and involve themselves with it, it actually elicits actions from the audience. It's not done until that happens. And what that does is it makes art do something that it started, it ceased to do in the modern era after a while. It 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 it, it, it generates community around itself, and 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 that's a new standard for public art, really. Mm -hmm. uh, the art that requires community for its creation engenders community in its advent that, that that links people together you know statues of culture heroes don't do that anymore uh, but 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 th this is uh, uh, we have another organization that's placing art in, in cities around, right. around the world what's that called uh, the black rock arts foundation right, right. And, uh, and we, we, we're going to fold it into the Burning Man project, too, and then we'll be done. With there that. are those who say the thought some, maybe only one. But it's this idea, as it always is, when someone comes up with a great idea and it grows and it gets bigger and it grows and, and, and people who you wouldn't expect necessarily to be at the founding come and make it part of who they are and what they are. And it becomes, in somebody's judgment, too mainstream. Uh, are you aware of that and know that you don't care? Uh, well, it, it, it's a false I, claim. I, I, I agree that, that there's the that what can happen over time in any institution is that it, it'll cease to be a matter of discovery and become something that's merely received. Yeah. And and uh, but I think, but of course, the, 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 what Burning Man produces is culture. And a community, and I think that, that, that as long as we design the new institution as, as 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 meshed with that culture, as being what it wants to manifest, as animated by that, uh, that that's really an interesting challenge. We want to last for, we want to last for a hundred years, and, mm -hmm. and and so we have to find a way that that it can that the Burning Man can reinvent itself, and the institutions of Burning Man can keep mm -hmm. reinventing themselves and rediscovering things as 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 mm -hmm. we did as founders. But as far as it being Mainstream? Uh, I can't imagine. You. Uh, it, 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 well, I don't know what they. By mainstream, I guess they mean mass produced, mass consumed, denatured, inauthentic, things like that. Yeah. And uh, but, but we've always been the, the 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 reason we are so drawn so many people.
is, is, is that we, we represent a, a, the virtual antithesis of that. That's why we seem so novel and attractive to people. Uh, that, that's the very essence of our success. So I'm not really worried about okay. that happening. There's also finally this. While you become global and huge and big and, and all of that, but I'm, I'm interested in this initiative, the small town initiative. What is it? Well, it started in Nevada, and and uh, a, a state you know in these economic times, particularly challenged. Right, right. And and uh, 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 my, my people originally came from a very small town in Nebraska, and and uh, uh, and and we thought that it would be a, a good gesture. We also thought it it it. it, it, it <laughs> It, it might help the towns economically because people Absolutely. would come from afar to to see you know to see the, the elephant or That's whatever exactly right. it was. No, no, and and uh, so you know uh, we, we we run a, 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 a as I say a sort of international city, but 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 we thought that it, 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 if it's it ought to be relevant for uh, uh, for small towns as well, and and. Uh, when we started out, we were a little hamlet out there. After all, we were a little, we were a little town. We haven't forgotten where we came from. As Larry Harvey just said, we haven't forgotten where we came from. And he also said, we want Burning Man to last for another hundred years. And, well, I completely agree with that because Burning Man isn't about a big party in the desert. Burning Man is about creating a new culture. And the worldwide psychedelic community is most definitely a part of that new culture. The society that's being created by the global Burning Man community is, well, it's in fact, it's a multicultural society that includes not only psychedelic experiences, but art and music and poetry and storytelling and dance and family, extended family in particular. And to make that point, I'd like to play a brief story from podcast number 436. It's a story that Marion Goodall told at Palenque Norte in 2014, and us burners know her as Maid Marion, who is the CEO of the Burning Man organization and was Larry Harvey's significant other. Now, this story is just one of countless other stories like it, stories that have been repeated around the world by people who have come away from the playa with a new spirit and then put it into practice back in the default world. So, here's Maid Marion. The thing that I think is really worth thinking through, and you have to have had these experiences to really understand it, but this is um, a powerful place. It's To be here for eight days or more is incredible. In fact, in my book, to be here about three or days or more is great. Um, anything shorter than that is kind of short, um, unless you've been here before. If you've done it before and you come in for two days, I feel like you're fine. But if you're a newbie and you come in for two days, I think you're like... Not, you're selling it short. Yeah. What's the point? Seriously. You're not even acclimatizing. You're not even acclimatizing. Yeah. You're still getting <clears throat> dehydrated. Yeah. Yeah, there's no point. Um, when we look at regional events around the world, we really encourage the ones that are three days or more. We really encourage that. It takes enough time to sort of come into a culture, look around and realize how you're supposed to act and what you're supposed to do. Start doing it. And do it enough so that when you leave, you are, your habits are formed. The way that you leave no trace and take care of your trash. And the way that you live in immediacy and, and self-reliance. Um, but things like Burners Without Borders, I was in Katrina. Burners Without Borders were born out of Katrina. 
And you wouldn't, we, we didn't know this was going to happen. The organization didn't know. But when Berners left here, um, who was here on site when Katrina hit? Um, and, right. So we were all here on site. I would say it was, there was 50,000 or so people here, maybe 49. And everybody heard right away that there was a hurricane hitting New Orleans. And so by the time everybody left, people were leaving money. They took Media Mecca. They were leaving donations. And um, some folks from the DPW, a gentleman who had a crane, went down to Biloxi uh, because his girlfriend's father had um, helped build a Buddhist temple that they had taken time to raise money for for several years and it had just been finished like 11 days previous. And so it was one spot with one crane, and another burner went down and sent us, said, we're down here. And so we created Katrina at BurningMan.com, and anybody, don't make me cry. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was self-organized. The organization didn't organize it. What we did is we had an email address, and burners could find the other burners, and they did it without any formal leadership, and the leaders showed up, the people with the heavy equipment became the leaders. And the group met each morning. And at one point, they maxed out around 80. But they had well, they had 80 people come and go at different times. And the camp typically had 25 to 40 people. And they used Burning Man values. They used uh, the, the values of leadership. They did not do deep into consensus because they were in the middle of a war zone, so to speak, in a disaster area. And we got emails saying, this is Burning Man. And they had people joining the group who had never been to Burning Man, who then subsequently went to Burning Man. And they didn't put 10 principles up on the wall. They just used what you would use to get a theme camp going. They made sure to take care of everybody. They orientated everybody. And every day the group went out and, and took away detritus from the poorest people in this small town outside of Biloxi. After they were at the temple, they moved to this tiny town. And in the on Wednesday on Friday on Saturday evenings they took the day off and they took the detritus and they made art and they taught the people in this little town how to make art and they used drills and they used the headboards and they had frames from picture frames and turn things that would turn when the heat they heated up and so they worked hard they did community service they engaged in their own camp. They taught others, and then they celebrated by burning things, and they invited the town on Saturday nights, and they'd have a potluck. Nobody told them to do this. Nobody had a list. We just did it as we would do it if we were here. And that's what gets me choked up about how can we make this happen here? We can find those opportunities outside of Black Rock City and generate those experiences and invite other people into them. That one lasted for five months, and it had one Burning Man staff member there that after a while he said, I'm willing to stay five months if you'll kick me a couple of grand so that I can help take care of everything here, and we did. And so I feel like that's a great starting point. Burners Without Borders type work is, a, is, is different from going out and celebrating, but it is real community work where you can actually, by doing, help people see what it is that we are and who we are. And for now, this is Lorenzo signing off from Cyberdelic Space. Be well, my friends. <laughs>